Welcome to Heart of the Enneagram. I'm Chris Copeland. And I'm Sandra Smith. And we invite you to take a courageous and loving look at what is. In this episode, we explore type seven. To be empty to me is um, right now sounds negative, but it, it really isn't. It's, I should embrace it as if that's my time to slow down, that, that quiet time I need. Hey, Sandra. Chris, hi. It's good to be in Asheville recording again. It is. We've had a great time uh, recording episodes, and this is another one. I know. And today we get to welcome Vicki Banks as we explore Type 7. Yeah. Before we do, we hear from Vicki, I'm going to invite our listeners to uh, open all three of our brains so we have a greater capacity to take in this information and the stories and the wisdom that uh, Vicki will offer us today. So I invite you to come to a place of grounded body, open heart and a curious mind. And we want to invite the, the type seven in each of us, we all have a little inner type seven in us, uh, to listen in. So take a deep breath with me. Type seven, many gifts for this type. They are known as the visionary of the Enneagram. They can see the big picture clearly and very quickly. They have curious minds and a playful spirit. They easily integrate things that the rest of us may not see relate, but sevens can see how things relate, and then they synthesize very quickly. It's one of the gifts. They bring a lightness um, to the workplace, to relationships. Their focus is on best-case thinking, the possibilities, all that can go well, and they can do a reframe pretty quickly to bring things into positive light. Of course, sometimes this is a good thing, and maybe sometimes not, but uh, part of that focus is on the best outcome. So they're a positive outcome type. The vice for type 7 is an old-fashioned word, gluttony. And oftentimes it's misunderstood. It can be food. We think of food and gluttony, but this is more of a a gluttony of mind. It's a monkey mind that looks at all sorts of options. We could do that, and then here's another option. It's like if you're, if you're a foodie, you might think of a Spanish tapas bar uh, restaurant where we can take a little sampling of all sorts of food. So sometimes we, we hear sevens on panels say, you know, I love to taste a lot of different things, experience a lot of different things. Part of the growth for this type is, of course, not only tasting, but digesting and savoring. Just kind of taking it a little deeper. This is a mind that loves to plan for future possibilities. Uh, they can intellectualize and may avoid emotional pain through intellectualization or reframing. This is a type also that's quite sensitive to being limited by others or being confined in any way. I, I know when I do personality assessments a lot and there may be a seven in the chair, I'll say, well, what are limits like for you? And the, the person will look at me and say, well, there's no such thing. There's just no such thing because they just don't see life that way. Life is a playground and here I am and there are a lot of possibilities. 
And so to hear more about this, I welcome Vicki Banks. Thank you, Vicki, for being here. Thank you, Sandra. It's yeah. a pleasure. Yeah. Vicki and I work together some, and so it's fun to be with you in this setting. Vicki Banks uh, is an employee of the Biltmore Company. She first joined the Biltmore Estate Human Resource Team in 2000 and is now the Vice President of Human Resources, where she oversees HR departmental budget and strategic planning objectives for her areas of responsibility. Vicki is a popular speaker. She's got good energy, high energy. She's a consultant and panelist for human resources-related organizations and groups. And she's been awarded with the SPHR certification through the Society of Human Resources Management and the SHRM, as it's called, Senior Certified Professional Certification. She is now pursuing her Master of Law degree through Wake Forest School of Law. And, of course, we know my colleague Chris here. Absolutely. Wake Forest. The, that's right. We, we both are Wake Forest undergrads. And so. I teach there now. So not in the law there. school, but. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. So welcome, Vicki. Thank you, Sandra. Yes. Again, it's a pleasure. I enjoy working with you and look forward to our conversation. Yeah. We're glad that you're here. I want to begin, uh, Vicki, with uh, reading uh, some words from T.S. Eliot. The end of our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time. So as you have been inhabit this, the type seven, uh, uh, what, are, what are some aspects of that quote that resonate with you? I think for me, that quote initially makes me think about slowing down, mm. Mm. which is a good thing for me mm -hmm. when I do it. <laughs> yeah. And I wish I did it more because it is such a good thing mm. and a great feeling. Um, but immediately it, it tells me to slow down and, and think about what has been and where I'm going and, and um, how will I arrive where I'm going and if I will arrive. I guess for me as a seven, do I ever arrive? Mm. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I, I really don't feel like I do in a sense. Like I have accomplishments along the way and goals along the way. Um, but am I ever really there? Mm -hmm. what, what, what is that? What does that look like for me? And it's hard for me to define that. So given that, what does arrive mean to you? I think it means it's a limit. Oh. It, it's, it's a destination, but it's, it creates a limit. Like, okay, I've completed it. And um, what's next? Mm. And so for me, I, I, especially in my work, um, and personally, I don't like to have limits, and I like to have autonomy, and I like to have free-flowing thinking, and there's always something next. Right. Um, not necessarily better, just next. Mm -hmm. right. and, and so when I think about having arrived, it's just one more step. Mm. It, but, but, it, but with the ED on it, and it's a limit. <laughs> Oh, interesting. interesting. It could be arriving, but not arrive. Yes. Ooh. Oh, so process is, that's great. You're good with that. So yes. what, what's hard about limits? Um, gosh, that's a good question. Um, I guess it feels confining, mm -hmm. um, boundaries. And, um, I don't, I like to feel like there's, I always have, um, space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I, if, for example, if at work you're on a schedule and you, as a seven, you adapt to that and right. all week you have meetings, you have time frames, and you have to meet and I'm good with that. I'm great with that. But when I'm on my own time, 
don't tell me I have to be somewhere at a certain time. Right. And, and it's okay. I respect it. But at the same time, don't give me a time. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Let me just flow. Okay. Let me, you know, yeah. Give me a space. So come between five and six. Oh, that's great. I'm good with that. But right. you must be there at five. It's just, it's more of work flowing into where I have to create boundaries for myself. And right. it's just not a naturally comfortable feeling. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm all the more impressed, Vicki, because I know how you respect and create boundaries in your human resource work at the company that you serve. So, what, What's helped you be able to do that when yeah. it's hard for you sometimes, or it can be challenging to have those boundaries or confinement? What's helped mm-hmm. you to offer those boundaries for other people? Um, because I guess I've experienced the downside of not having boundaries where I felt mm. overloaded or stressed and and the um, burnout mm-hmm. in my career. I mean, everybody's felt that at some point. Right. Sure. Um, and so I don't want others to go through that. Mm-hmm. So I'm really good at preaching <laughs> yeah. what should be. You know, <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. Right. Kind of thing. <laughs> um, but I do create boundaries for myself too, just I think out of self-preservation and um, recognizing that I don't want to feel that way again. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. It, it's been a strong reminder. Mm-hmm. Because I think... Um, when you think of gluttony, it can affect your health. It can affect your you know, stress being part of that. It can affect a lot of different things. And when you've had a big event in your life, you remember how you felt and you don't want that again. Mm. And so I think that has helped me mm-hmm. create boundaries. And, yeah. and it's my job to create boundaries for other employees, too, outside of my department, um, to recognize um, what we can and cannot do for them. Right, right. So that's important. hmm you know, we always say our work grows us. <laughs> so there's there's a great example. Yeah. Uh, Sandra named that the focus of attention of type seven is best case thinking or uh, possibilities. Sometimes I think about it, looking for what are the possibilities. How does that show up for you? Where do you, how do you notice that happening in your life? Every day, <laughs> <laughs> every day, um, and I love it. Um, I, I think it's a strength. Yeah. I, it can also, as, as your strongest thing, can be your weakness too, right? So um, I have to recognize that. Right. Um, but as a strength, I think it shows up because I am a leader of a larger team. Yep. And um, it's important that we always look for that positive and, and what can we do, not just the right thing, but the better thing. Mm-hmm. And so that really drives me. Yeah. Um, and to make change, create change. And um, so for my team, I try to, when we have brainstorming, have that blue sky type thinking. And so, okay, so we can do this, but what's next? And, and I'm the one pushing the envelope. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so that's great, but what's better? And mm-hmm. what's better? And mm-hmm. what if you didn't have any unlimited resources? Right. Um, and it's hard for people to think that because in business you always have budgets and you always have barriers and but we don't have that but we don't have but what if you right. know so I'm that yes. person um, and a lot of times it expands their growth and their minds yes. on the other side I need that person who reminds me about all the other things along the way hmm. um, the details the details because I've learned that I can go off in a direction and love that what if and hey we should do this it's the right thing to do it's wonderful and then one of those details could really mess us up mm-hmm. and then we never get there. Right. So I need to build that around me because I know that's not my focus. <laughs> right. And I don't enjoy that. Are there aspects of the, the seven personality um habits that trip you up? Have you kind of, have you noticed over in your life where you're you're sort of like, Oh, there that is again, where it kind of gets you in trouble or trips you up Mm -hmm. as you notice that? Oh yes. (laughs) (laughs) There's probably many. Um, (laughs) one is, um, when I'm working with my team, for example, um, I'm 
I need to make sure I'm listening. Mm. And I work really hard to slow down and listen to them so that they feel valued and they know I'm listening because it's easy for me to be thinking ahead and, and hear them but not hear them. Right. And um, so I have to slow down in, in my mind as I'm listening. And the other aspect is I might have an idea and I'm pursuing it with them and talking through it. But then I realized I didn't give enough detail or they didn't really grasp. They got the overall picture, which is where I like to live. Right. Mm. Um, and the vision. But they need more than that. Mm -hmm. And I didn't remember to ask. Mm. So I tried to repeat ask, or ask my team to repeat back to me. What did you hear me say? Mm -hmm. And what do you think your role is in that? Um, because if I don't do that, they could go in a direction that's completely opposite. And it's not fair for me or different to be upset by that. Right. So right. Um, that's one way I've seen mm -hmm. it. That's out. great. <laughs> Seven has something called positive projection. And it's like with your team, you could name a vision or an idea and then believe that they have it too and then move forward quickly so how wise to say now how, what did you hear me say yeah uh, yeah thank you yeah. I've also seen it on a personal level um you know I, I I'll be talking to someone and and I'm not I'm listening but then they my friends and all that know me really well will know when I'm not yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it's not fair to them and it makes them feel unimportant. And um, so I really make sure I, I stop and listen because what's so funny about that is if I'm talking and they're not listening to me, it really makes me mad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I pick up on it really quickly. Right. And so that's infuriating. So I, I have to stop and say, Vicki, you're doing exactly what you don't like. <laughs> are you, when, when that, those times occur, are you kind of um, thinking about possibilities? Is that where your, your mind is going? Is that what keeps, it's mm -hmm. hard to be present sometimes with other people? Yes, I'm thinking of possibilities. I'm thinking about how I'm going to fix what their challenges or whatever mm -hmm. we're talking about. Or if they have an idea, some, something as simple as a vacation, I'm thinking already, well, when should we go? How do we make it better? Can we put something else in with it? You know, and, and not listening. <laughs> I, along lo with. <laughs> I love that one. Can we put something else in with it? <laughs> What else can Why we not? <laughs> We're close to. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's right. Mm. Uh, you know, call you, you all the epicure for nothing, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. The good stuff. You talked a little bit about this already, um, but there's maybe more or story that comes up, but in your current roles, and that can be in work and also in your primary relationships, um, what are some other gifts of the type seven that you've seen come out? And are there is just maybe a story about one of those? I think one thing that people don't, I mean, you all probably do, but most people don't realize about sevens is they can be very empathetic mm -hmm. and very feeling. Mm -hmm. um, and once they're there, they're all in, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. um, but people only see the jovial and mm -hmm. the positive. And so they don't, they sometimes misunderstand that we can be serious and really feel and help. Mm. Yeah. Um, so some of my best experiences have been when we've gone deeper mm. and, oh. and so that's good. Um, yes. and, and so I, I, when I was in a different role, um, in employee relations or in HR and not vice president level, which I still get those experiences, but not as often, mm -hmm. it was extremely rewarding, mm. but it's also very draining. <laughs> and I have to remind my folks who are in those roles now to make sure they self care right mm -hmm. um and you know some of them are sevens mm -hmm. and i can see them their eyes swell up and they get very emotional mm -hmm. and and involved because they care so much and they want to make it better yeah you know that's mm -hmm. our drive so if if we feel like we're not helping them get to a better place it's defeating mm -hmm. 
So. Well, you, part of what you named, it, it's so interesting to me, is that uh, you said people don't always see, or they see often the jovial and the, mm. the playful and the positive, but they don't always see that uh, seven who's willing to just be with them, the empathetic. Mm. And I'm curious, um, do you have a thought about how, how you maybe or have helped create people's perceptions that you're going to be only the jovial, playful. Do you know what I mean by that oh, question? absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you have a friend or a coworker in crisis, my natural instinct is to go and smile, shake their hand, hug them and say, okay, and start making light mm-hmm. or, or just wanting to get the smile or mm. a laughter that maybe they haven't had. And sometimes maybe that's not the best thing in the moment. Right. Mm. Um, and so I've learned over time to try and understand what would be the best thing. Of course, no one's perfect and probably screwed it up many times. <laughs> as we all but have I, yeah yes. but I've created that now where people mm. expect me oh well Vicky's coming it'll it'll be lighthearted. or I've heard people say where I've missed a, a gathering of friends or coworkers, like oh it was kind of quiet till you got here or mm-hmm. you know those type of comments so I've created that right in mm-hmm. myself um which is what's so interesting when I'm in the opposite role and I need care I don't really want the person being jovial with me mm. I, I want someone to be present yes right yes so and it is a pattern in this Enneagram style, the seven, where because emotional pain can be scary for sevens, you want to make things better for people. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how great that you know that for yourself, don't make it better quite yet for me. I need to feel this. Yeah. yeah. One of my dearest friends, I was going through a health episode once, and um, she got it right away. She came in and saw me at the hospital and she said, so what's your goal? <laughs> mm, <laughs> I was yeah. like, wow, you're great. <laughs> no one asked me that. <laughs> goal? Yeah. She's like, you need goals. You need goals along the way. And what's the next goal? And I thought, wow, that really got me out of my mm-hmm. funk. Mm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what a good question. Yeah. So this is a piece of uh, reframing for type seven. So for those of you who have wondered what I meant by reframing earlier, this is what we're talking about, where the seven just doesn't like to see somebody low Mm -hmm. and then brings up in the reframe. What happens, uh, do you have a sense, Vicki, of what happens in you if you're with somebody and they're low? Like your your gut tendency is to kind of like jovial it up, right? Mm -hmm. What's hard about just being with them when they're low? For me, I think I have a very good connection with people Mm -hmm. in a sense, and so my body immediately gets calm and low and slows down Mm -hmm. and I feel it Mm -hmm. and and it's just not my norm right it's not that it's bad it's I I don't want to linger in it with that person and and I guess that's my fear is that I don't want to linger in negativity Mm -hmm. and so and what would happen if you did um I'm not sure if I (laughs) um if I lingered in negativity I think, I I don't know. I think I would be really uncomfortable with myself. Mm -hmm. And I, I, that's a really good question. Mm -hmm. I don't know what would happen. Um, Maybe there's a feeling of, um, ineffectiveness, and I don't know if that's the right word. Um, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if the word is incompetent. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. it's a real fear of head types, five, sixes, and sevens to to appear or to be incompetent. Mm-hmm. That makes sense because I feel like I, I want to have an answer, mm-hmm. and I, if I don't or if I am not helping you get to what I think is a, like the better place might be in the negative place at that time. Right. But I 
would feel like I wasn't successful or helping you Mm. or serving you well or being a good friend Mm. or person if I couldn't get you out of that negative Mm. place. It's interesting because just a moment ago you said sometimes you want people just to be with you when you're in that place, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it may be something to play with in terms of um, staying with that uh, hard stuff a little bit and what might be the gift of that for you. That's, mm. It's a great question. You've got me thinking mm-hmm. now. I've heard you say before, Vicki, that as a seven, you need time alone. And a lot of folks don't realize that that really is a piece of this this mm-hmm. style. Can you speak to that? Oh, it's, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Good memories. <laughs> um, absolutely, I need time alone. Um, it's recharging. Mm-hmm. It's um, I just need time to be with myself and, and away from all the energy. Um, I love it, but at the same time, if I don't have that time, I'm going to be deflated. I'm not going to be as helpful as I can be mm-hmm. to others um, or myself. Um, and it's exhausting. And, and I can tell when I get to those points, if I'm working too long or I'm letting one issue take over, you know, um, but it's really important to re-energize and refocus because again, if I don't, I'm going to become overwhelmed and I'm not going to be my best self. And Mm. I'm going to say and do things outside of thinking first. And, and it's exhausting if I don't. (laughs) Right. Even uh, no matter if you're an extrovert or introvert, this is a type style that needs time alone and, and seeks that. And, and I think it kind of goes back to what I was saying about my personal life when I'm outside of work and people give me limits in my mind right. or, or, or um, time frames mm-hmm. or, you know, um, I'm a planner, but I'm not a planner. Like I, I know what I want to do. But let's keep it free flowing, <laughs> <laughs> right there. That's yes. right. You plan. It's good. Planning is good, but you'll bust the plan. Yes. Don't put a period on the end of planning. It's the well, ing again. It is well because there's always there are always other options, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to limit to just the one, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. yeah, planning, but not the plan. Yeah. Do you feel a sense of, um, in the terms of taking space to be quiet? Do you feel a sense of pressure is the right word, but being on, like you have to be on. And is that part of, part of what that style is like? Um, depending on the environment. Yeah. I think, I think when I was younger, I would say yes all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, but now I've learned that there's certain times that it's not expected for me to be on Mm -hmm. and it kind of takes away from maybe what the person's hoping to hear from me or get from me. Um, but yeah, there is that a certain Mm -hmm certain points. Right. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, at this point in your life, um, and given the seven type that you live in, what, what might be your invitation to grow? Um, I think definitely to slow down and, um, to spend more time with the details and, um, thinking about other individual styles and preferences and needs versus just barreling ahead. Mm. <laughs> I, mm. I can be a bulldozer in that way and mm. not, I don't mean I run over people's feelings. I, I'm not that kind of person. Right. <laughs> um, but just in my thinking and thoughts, as we mentioned before, to, to stop my brain from moving while people are talking to me, like I know that's an opportunity of growth for me. Mm. Um, another area of growth for me is to not overwhelm myself with um, saying yes Mm. Yeah. Um, feeling every moment of the day. Yeah. Um, I love to have things to do. 
And so sometimes I overfill my schedule mm -hmm. and overbook. Mm -hmm. I, I work for an airline. And that'd be great. <laughs> That's right. You would be. <laughs> You'd be a great airline employee. That's I right. Yeah. Um, but to stop doing that and, mm. and really think about empty space is okay. Oh. <laughs> yes. Can you say more about that? Yeah. Empty space is okay. Yeah. I mean, to be empty to me is, um, right now sounds negative, mm -hmm. but it, it really isn't. It's, I should embrace it as if that's my time to slow down that, that quiet time I need. Yeah. Um, what's scary about emptiness? Boredom. Oh. Um, Which sevens don't like to be bored. No. Huh? I mean, I can't even sit and watch a TV program without doing something. Mm. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm coloring or I'm, I don't know, writing something. Or, and I can focus on it. And my friends will say, how do you know what's going on? You're not even looking or paying it to my hand. But it's hard for me to just do one thing at a time mm. sometimes. Um, so I think boredom and... Um, I have a desire to always know what's next. What can I learn next? What can I do? What, mm -hmm. How can I help? Stimulation. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Looking for stimulation. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. What's next? What's next? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What helps you, Vicki, slow down? You said slow down may be your invitation to grow. What helps you or supports you to slow down? Just be um, with. This sounds going to sound funny, but my pets. Yes. <laughs> yes. Of course. Um, because I can play with my dog and my cat. And even though it's activity, my brain's not on. Mm. Yes. And I'm just in the moment. And so that's awesome. <laughs> um, hiking, mm -hmm. getting outside. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, you know, I've learned when I meet with my leadership team, I slow down and listen. Mm. Um, and I make a list for myself of things I want to talk about, visions and goals. And, and what I have to stop doing is interjecting when I have an idea for a new vision or a way to change it while they're talking. Mm. So I might have someone in our leadership team meeting or a one-on-one, -on -one, I have this idea and this goal and they're talking and, and I have a habit of, hey, but did you think about, did you think about, and I really need to just write those down and then at the end, when they're done speaking, mm. have you considered. Mm. That's a great strategy. And so I've been trying to do that more. That's wonderful. So you're dropping into presence more, sounds yes. like, with that leadership Trying. team. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Okay. Mm. I don't know if they'll say the same yet, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Vicki, is there anything that Chris and I haven't asked that you want to share? That, uh, anything else on your mind about Type 7 to offer? Um, I think one thing, too, when it goes back to what perceptions are and others think, um, sevens tend to, I think, smile and laugh a lot, and that leads to that, regardless of what your actions are right. and what mm. how you show up. Um, but you're, you're con I think, and I've heard this my whole life, is that, well, Vicky's always smiling. Mm. You know, um, I heard it. Sandra, basketball player, yes. when I was in high school playing basketball, my coach used to make fun of me because I smiled. He's like, you need to look tough. And I'm like, well, but I just blew him away. I'm laughing. <laughs> right? Maybe not. But <laughs> but you hear that your whole life, and it becomes an expectation. Mm. And so for a young person mm. who's a seven, um, if there's a way to encourage them to be the true self, but um, don't set up expectations for them that create mm -hmm. that, yeah. that would be hard. Because then it is hard. It's harder when you have the expectation from the outside of, well, she is always happy. She's always jovial. Mm -hmm. She's always smiling. To be quiet right mm -hmm. so i guess that's what <laughs> yeah Qu quiet heart yes yes you know how does quiet heart feel yeah yeah sounds like that's where you're moving toward 
trying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Vicki, it's been a treat to, to be with you today. Thank you for sharing of your, uh, your story and helping us understand more about Type 7. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot and hope, hope it was helpful. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So I have some questions for the deeper dive uh, Chris and I are calling them. And so we invite our listeners to bring forth again the little seven within and uh, some of the questions following this conversation. So for you, how does best case show up in your life? What are other imposed limitations like for you? And how do you work with them? When does reframing or deflecting difficult news show up most for you? And then the question that we ask Vicki, is emptiness scary for you? And if so, why? So with heartfelt gratitude, I'm Sandra. And I'm Chris. And we invite you to continue to look courageously and lovingly at what is. We want to thank all who've made this podcast a reality, including Wake Forest University School of Divinity for their financial and institutional support. For Sally Ann Morris, who composed our theme music, and for Toby Becker, who provided graphic design. Thanks to Eric Merle for his editing expertise to Tom and Lynn Berner, who provided recording space, and to the narrative Enneagram and our mentors, Helen Palmer and Dr. David Daniels, its founders, and special thanks to all of our guests. We offer this podcast as a free resource for personal and spiritual growth, and in order to continue this work, we need your support. Please visit our website, heartoftheenneagram.com, to make a contribution and to purchase our companion book. In the days that lie ahead, may your mind be curious, your heart courageous, and your presence compassionate.